Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 51. We're covering the 2018 Mayakoba Golf Classic on the PGA Tour and the Ned Bank Challenge on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good evening, chaps. Evening, fellas. Evening, guys. Uh, GolfBettingSystem.co.uk is our website. Twitter handles, I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Channels that you can pick a, pick us up on, Podbean, iTunes, don't know if you heard about it, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Republic, and we're also on YouTube on our Golf Betting System channel. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. We would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show, and it helps to keep all of our weekly content free across the website. Now... It just so happens that we received a review last week, so let me read it out. It was from Clark Mann, 1981. He's in the United Kingdom. Evening to you if you're listening. I know he's a regular. Great for golf punters. He gave us five stars. Listen to this show every week and look forward to the takes that the guys have on the upcoming events. They're not just throwing random names into the ring. I think he's saying that for a bit of a laugh, boys. They're not just throwing (laughs) random names into the ring. Uh, these lads do some serious study and if you're into betting on the Euro or PGA Tours and like an insight into the players and the courses this would be a great fit thank you for that Clark man that's very nice much much appreciated I think I might just throw some random names in this week after the last couple of weeks but uh, hey ho well like my one random bet recently that worked was Carlos Ortiz which I backed (laughs) because he there was a Z in his name. Yeah, we got, we got to, is, is Bazelli in the field this week? Yeah. Double, double, double Z yeah. strategy. Oh, we have, yeah, yeah, we're, we're upgrading it. I mean, we have the best research donkeys out there at the moment, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just a, a word of word of mention to Siwoo Kim, who do I know a number of members in the GBS uh, Facebook uh, had the same experience as I did with him. I was on him at 80 to 1 last week and uh, was pleasantly surprised to see him kick off his third round with five birdies in a row i went back to check the app a few minutes later and saw him back to level par for the round so i figured it was a pga tour app scoring mess up uh, but no i my uh, I, de- I dug a little deeper and went in and saw he had a nine uh, with a i mean he must have he must have duffed two chips uh, by the looks of it uh, it's probably a good thing that i didn't see it on camera because the tv would have been broken yeah, you'd have, got, you'd have gone for a, a Paul, Paul Dunn barrage of uh, Oh, swearing. that was great, wasn't it? That's proper emotion <laughs> on the golf course. Uh, I hope Siwoo broke a couple of clubs Henrik Stenson style after that because, mm. you know, he, he, ma- he makes par on that hole and he is at 18 under for the tournament and he's in with a shout or, yeah. you know, at least getting the place. So, um, mm. devastating stuff. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know why I gave him another shot. He broke our hearts earlier in the year when he couldn't put for shit on coming down the stretch in the Heritage and Kadira won, robbing us of a 200 to 1 winner. But uh, maybe, maybe that's it. Permanent exile to the X list. He's going into the, um, the James Hahn folder for me. I'm going to wait until he's missed six cuts on the trot and then he's being backed. That could be could be the way to do. I just don't, I don't know anymore. I mean, I, as I said, I might not. Uh, I I couldn't even take him at eight thousand to one now. It's just 
It's just thirty-three t- to one this week, Barry. You it's won't rude. be taking any of that, will you? Twenty-five to one with Coral. Great it's, value price there, mate. Like that's ridiculous, isn't it? There's no way you could back him at that price. It does. It, uh, shouldn't moan too much, but it's like Bo Hosler. I was on him last week at forty to one, right? So he comes what twenty-first or something. Then this week, thirty-three to one. It's just like. Yeah, and very, very strange to summon the pricing. It's like the bookmakers yeah. know who are popular, clearly, and they just cut the arse out of those popular players. Yeah, and people will back them anyway because they're popular. Yeah, uh, squeeze yeah. a bit more margin out. I mean, look, look, think about it this way. Cameron Champ, you can get at 30 to 1 in places across the market. Absolutely, you can get yeah. 30 to 1, 8 places with Paddy Power. Or would yeah. you take Siwoo Kim at 33s on Paddy Power? I mean, it's just it's a no-brainer. Uh, Champ has proven his ability to win already, whereas Siwoo has proven his ability to, I don't know, see whoops it up. Like anyway, I thought I thought he was going to come through again last week. Champ, he got himself into a position after three rounds, didn't he? Yeah, I had a feeling the tiredness would catch up with him, or the, the yeah, there's a lot of emotion goes through to, oh, to you. Win, now look, if he if he doesn't make a bogey, say after he's made the turn, that you know the momentum stays with him. Um, mm. But I think that just thing just takes the wind out of his sails enough, and then the double follows, and um, completely understandable. Um, it would have been something else if he had gone all the way. Here you go. We talk. We're talking about value. Bryson DeChambeau, yeah, bit of a. I mean, it's difficult to say a shock winner, but going against all the trends you'd ever have against that tournament, yeah, hadn't played for ages. Blah 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 blah. Wins at fourteen to one. That's five wins now. Five PGA Tour wins. I think it's in 16 months. Unreal. And you've got Ricky Fowler this week, who's won four times in his whole career at nine to one. Yeah. <laughs> it's madness, isn't but it? It's okay. it's like it's like the inverse of Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson's not popular, so no matter what Bubba's doing, his price is always quite generous. Yeah, it's like Patrick Reed. There's a few of them like now, that. Isn't there? Y- you could argue, you know, Ricky Fowler he finished last week with a 63 backdoor top five finish. You know, typical kind of elite player backdoor finish. And uh, you probably find there'd be a load of people lumping on at nine to one this week on a bloke that's ever only ever won four times. On you know, in his career, when did he start? Twenty ten was it? Eight years, and he's nine to one. You don't fancy him this week, then, Steve? Well, no. you'd hope he wins, wouldn't you? I mean, Jordan hasn't. How? When was the last time Jordan Spieth did anything reasonably? And he's actually shorter this week than he was last week. Mm. Twelve to one. But you have a look there. You can get Gary Woodland at twenty to one. His last William, th- William Hill were the first firm up this, uh, this afternoon, and they had Jordan Spieth at nine to one. They've been really generous, and they've upped it to ten to one as we're recording this. Mm. No, mate. You back in on Woodland and Barry? No, no. I'm just saying you can get him at twenty to one. His last three starts are fifth, second, and tenth, and he's had a second here two years ago. So, mm. you know, that's that that seems to make a lot more sense than the Ricky or Jordan at the half that price or less than half that price it's uh yeah that's cuz the you know it's it's almost tempting on Woodland but like uh, if he doesn't win you're just you're just cursing yourself cuz what have you got like your quarter or one fifth odds but plus you've lost your win stake on the bet does it even 
Does yeah. it almost make sense? Um, I've done a bit more. I've gone a bit more deep into my research in uh, South Africa. Plus, I fancy the idea of the 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 half the size field. Um, so I've gone. Uh, I haven't gone into my Mayakoba research yet, but I've got a few picks for uh, for South Africa. Cool. Do you want to cover that off first, Stephen? South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get cracking. Go, 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 boys, go. So. It's the penultimate event of the European Tour. It's been a long old season, hasn't it? It feels longer by the minute, to be fair. <laughs> We're nearly there. I'm, like, I'm seeing fireworks out of my window here. I might, I might go and jump on the bonfire at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> That's not that bad, Steve. So, yeah, penultimate event of the European Tour season. We've got the Earth Course next week, um, which wraps it all up before they start again the week after for the 2018-19 uh, season. Um so the Ned Bank Golf Classic is one of these events that's kind of evolved over the years. So it used to be one of these small 12-man South African events. They used to get um, some of the big names over and they used to play for big bucks back then. Um, big, well, small exclusive field. Um, and it kind of evolved over the years. 2013, it turned into a 30-man co-sanctioned event with the European Tour. Um, and the last three years, it's been a 70, around about 72 man. It's, it's fluctuated up and down a little bit. Um, 72 man field um, as part of the Rolex series now. And uh, last chance for some of the guys to get themselves into the top 60 for next week. Um, last chance for some of them to start to make a move on the top of the race to Dubai. But like we had last week, it's a particularly poor attendance. Now you'd have thought that some of these guys who've got aspirations of actually getting, you know, close to the top of the race to Dubai would uh, would, would turn up, but um, the top seven aren't here. Um, so the likes of Francesco Molinari, Tommy Fleetwood, Rose Reed, Xander, Olsen, Norren, um, none of them are here. Eddie Peppel um, has been injured, so uh, you can excuse him um, for that. Tyrrell Hatton, Tyrrell Hatton, eleventh's not here. So you've got um, Rory McIlroy is the highest. Um, placed player here uh, he's 8th Tom- I said to you they must be paying him an appearance fee for Rory to get dragged down to South Africa this week I, get- can I ask you a question this this is this this dawned on me yesterday when Justin Rose won mm. what kind of chance has he now got of winning the race to Dubai because clearly Molinari is a long way ahead he is but has, th- he, has he got a realistic chance I think all of these guys because they're not playing I think Given that, given the fan's gonna, he's, he's gonna, you know, you assume he's gonna have a reasonable finish. I think it's win or nothing for these guys. For the likes of Fleetwood, for the likes of Rose, um, you know, for the uh, Reed and Xander, you can understand that, you know, they're, they're focused on the on the PGA Tour. Um, but uh, these other guys who haven't aren't playing, they've left themselves virtually mission impossible. For me, Rory's got to probably win this week and win next week given that there's going to be points coming from some of the other players. So, so yeah, as, you know, if, if, if Fran goes out there and has a decent enough week next week, I, you know, I, I can't see some of the other players catching him, no matter what they do. Um, it's kind of a bit of a damn squib to end the season for the uh, race to Dubai, which is a bit of a shame. Anyway, and that's where we are with the uh, attendee list. So that makes Rory this week the 8-1 to favourite. Sergio's here, 10-1. to one. Um, Hao Tong Lee, um, he had some chances last week, didn't he, to beat uh, Justin Rose. Rose was doing his best to throw that away, but uh, 
Lee couldn't quite uh, couldn't quite finish the job off, could he? Uh, what kind of what kind of winning price are we looking at for this, Paul? It varies from uh, from year to year, but generally it's been um, around about. If you go back, the first the first event that was part of this uh, European Tour season, it was uh, thirty to one. Thomas Bjorn, Danny Willett twenty fives, Mark Leishman sixty sixes, um, Alex Noren. Alex Noren in twenty sixteen was twenty to one. Last year, Brandon Grace sixteen to one. So none of the short price favourites have got over the line. Um, no mad outsiders, and um, the biggest price there was Mark Leishman. So, uh, yeah, the rest of them all in that kind of sixteen to thirty to one bracket. So, I think he finished something silly like eleventh at the HSBC the year he won that. The, who, the outing before Leishman. Yeah, if you look at the look at the form that they've got, all of those five, um, each one of them had a top fifteen in their previous two starts. So they're all shown a bit of form coming in. Um, the first four there, so Bjorn, Willits, Leishman and Norren were all making their course debut. Um, so looking back at course form could be a bit of a red herring. But then you've got Brandon Grace who won last year and he had fantastic course form coming into it. So yeah, you, can, you can take that both ways, I guess. Um, but yeah, if you're looking at trends in terms of pricing, then you know perhaps you're, you're looking at the likes of uh, Rory and looking at the likes of Surgeons. Well, you know, these short price favourites haven't got over the line but then a, a price range you know where where Haltong Lee is where Louis Oosthuizen is where Brandon Grace is where Shane Lowry is um, you know they're all in the 16 to 1 to 20 to 1 bracket um, you know there's quite quite potential that, that uh, you know a player would uh, uh, would perform from that kind of level but you know we've only got five years worth of uh, history here um, in this European tour format so uh, you know can you really read that too much into it I'm not, not entirely sure um, the track itself the Gary Player Country Club at Sun City uh, 7,831 7, yard past 72 um, sounds incredibly long the course is long but then you've got to bear in mind it's on the high veld it's held played at altitude you can typically take 10% off of that because the, the drives um, and, and the approach shots will all fly far more than they do at uh, sea level. Plus you find that the officials move the pins around here, move the uh, teen uh, positions around, so um, the yardage can change quite dramatically. Um, it's an interesting course, I always like this track. It's got narrow fairways, it's classical style. Um, some trees, some pushes, thick rough, and it's a lot of these South African tracks are really quite wide, and this kind of flies in the face of that. It's far narrower here, uh, so there is far more emphasis on um, on finding the fairway, um, and then finding greens and regulation tends to be where the uh, the, the the game's won and lost. Um, interesting. Looking at those winners that we talked about a second ago, the first three, so Bjorn, Willett, and Leishman, all won between twenty and eighteen under par. Noren was 14 and Grace last year was 11. Um, and the last two years, the conditions have been far tougher. Uh, it was really quite windy last year as well, um, which cut down the uh, the winning score. And clearly Grace, we know about Grace, we know about his, uh, his Lynx pedigree. We know that he's got a very low ball flight. So when it is windy, he's one of the players that you can look at to uh, uh, to perform on that kind of, uh, in that kind of situation. This year, it should be completely different. Um, it should be dry and sunny. The temperature's rising up to about 90 degrees. 
um, by by Sunday. Um, there's thunderstorms due today, Monday, um, which may well soften up a little bit, and then after that it's going to be dry and sunny. So wind speeds of five miles an hour thereabouts. It should be perfect golfing weather for the guys this week. Nothing like last year, so I'd expect them to get somewhere close to 20 under again. So I think you're looking back at the kind of skill set that determines if you're hitting fairways, if you're hitting greens, you can make some putts on these bent grass greens. Then uh, that's the kind of player I think is going to be more suited to this uh, to this week's track. Now, given it's at altitude, some players um, have a decent record playing at altitude. Some don't. You know, some some can't make the adjustments they need to uh, to cater for the fact that the ball flies further. Uh, some some of the guys, you know, they, they instantly get it and uh, it, it comes naturally to. Them. So those who've got some decent track history and altitude events those who played well in South Africa those who played well at the likes of Crans Sierre which is also altitude um, you can look at those kind of players and, and try and draw some uh, some lines or some links between uh, between their performances and how they might go this week um, where are we now 10 to 6 on Monday I've only backed two players so far um, I'll probably add another one or two on by the time I publish tomorrow, um, kind of mid-morning, I expect. Um, but there's only two that I'm, I've, I've actually felt comfortable backing so far. First of which is Danny Willett. Now, Danny's been backed heavily all morning. Um, he opened at 45 to 1, and the best you're getting right now is 33s. Um, but if you look at Willett, he won here four years ago with debut. Um, and if you go back four years, he was still a relatively... Uh, not inexperienced, but uh, certainly didn't have the wins that he's got now. Um, he had just one European Tour win back at, back in the day, um, four shot victory back then over Ross Fisher. And when he when he won that, he got up to something like fifty fourth in the world. He went to uh, Leopard Creek the week after, got himself into the OWGR top fifty, courtesy of his win here in the following week. Um, which then gave him access to Augusta for 2015. He finished 38th in Augusta, but obviously got a nice bit of uh, experience walking around, got to know the lie of the land, and then you know the rest of history. He went the following year and uh, and won the green jacket. So you know you, you can trace his um, his initial success all the way back to this win here, which was the uh, the catalyst for all of that uh, for all of that success that followed and. But we've seen Danny since, and we all we've all watched him. And he's kind of his form completely fallen off a uh, fallen off a cliff, um, mm. and you know, he was close to dropping outside the world top five hundred early this year. That shows you how far he's dropped down. Um, but he's found some found found something since we've seen that. You know, I, I remember back watching um, watching him on the range at the Open Championship, and he was uh, being interviewed there and talking about the changes that he's made to his swing and the stuff that he's working on. And he, you know, it looked really positive. Sounded really positive about his game. Um, the swing looked far better. Everything was seen to be starting to come together. And if you look at his results around then, he finished eighth at the Italian Open, obviously a, a Rolex Series event, sixth for the Irish, nineteenth at the Scottish Open, twenty fourth at the Open Championship itself. So there was clearly some some good form in that kind of pocket of uh, of events around that period. Um, not much since, and then he went to the CJ Cup on the PJ Tour a couple of starts ago. Second after day one, he closed that event with a 65, both both notable, decent rounds. And then uh, seventh last week in Turkey as well, where 
his ball striking was good, game seemed good, and uh, you know he's coming back to a to a course here that he's uh, he's done particularly well on. He's won here. He finished fourth when he was defending. He was eleventh the year after. Um, he's won at Crans of Sierra in terms of altitude um, performance. He's uh, got top fives at the Joburg Open a couple of times, Schwani Open, the Volvo Champions that used to be played, Leopard Creek. So he's South African form as well. He's very, very strong. There's a lot to like about Danny. Um, and I think he's one of those players that is on the uh, on the return trail. He's made public the fact that he's going to focus um, his time on the PGA Tour next year, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and that kind of suggests that he's got a positive outlook on you know, because if you're going to be spending a lot more time out in the States next year, playing, you know, against the toughest players in the world, you've got to be motivated to, to achieve something out mm. there. Otherwise, it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, I think you Sure did. enough, I, I was very, very, you know, it was interesting to see that he was playing, you know, a lot, he was far higher. Didn't he, he was almost in a tie for the lead at one spot on Saturday, I saw. Yeah, yeah, he was, he he was just in the fell mix. back slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in, he was in, and you know, there were a number of players on Sunday who went back quite dramatically, and you know, he finished seventh. He didn't particularly push on, but then he didn't fall off a cliff. He just kind no, of, no, no, kind of plodded along. And this, this generally tends to be a, a tougher track, even though you can get the scoring can get down to eighteen, twenty under. It's not a complete pushover. You've got to, you've got to be, uh, you've got to manage a game from tee to green. It's one of those tournaments where the leaders can be at a number and you look down in 12th place and they're 10 shots behind. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You've got to be right on it, haven't you, to be, yeah. to be scoring around but it. But if, you, if your game is on, and there's a score to be made out there. You know, we've seen low 60s um, shot round here. You know, I remember Westwood doing it a, a few years back. And, you know, when you play that brand of tee to green golf and set yourself up opportunities, then then you can score heavily here. Um you start veering off the uh, straight and narrow, and you know it's a, it's a long course. And if you're playing uh, playing from the rough, then you know it's it's going to be far far tougher. Um, yeah, you've got the uh, the altitude to consider as well. But if you're fit, you're, you're hitting fairways at the altitude, fantastic. You're going to give yourself opportunities. If you if you're in the rough or in the bushes, you know you're leaving yourself some incredibly long second shots into into greens. So yeah, I, I, I fancy Danny. You know, I talked about. Uh, Danny will it back end of last week for this, and uh, I I didn't really want him to go quite as well as he did last week because it's uh, it suppressed his price a, a, a bit. But mm. um, I think he's got a chance. I do think he's got a chance. Um, and the other guy that I've gone with for this is Thomas Aiken, um, one hundred and twenty five to one. And again, we know about Aiken. We know about his metronomic tee to green game, um, and that's what he you know that, that drives all of his performances. And um, he can be incredibly frustrating to watch on the greens because you know he can be one of these players that putts at 1.9, 1.95, and uh, it just just doesn't make the birdies that he should given his uh, given his long game. But um, it was interesting last week. He putted at 1.64. He was fourth in the field in Turkey for putting. Um, which when you see that, when I see those kind of sparks from a player like Aiken, that's the the green light for me to jump on. I thought 125, he was worth taking a chance on there. Plus the fact that he, um, going into last week, he got food poisoning. He was really struggling going into last week um, and still finished 10th. He had that putting performance. He was top 20 for ball striking overall. So his long game's still there. Um, go back to the Nordea Masters. He lost in the playoff there. His game's clearly in, in decent enough nick to, to contend. 
Um, loves playing in his homeland. He's got eight Sunshine Tour wins over the years. Lives in Joburg, so he's going to be one of the ones who is more capable, more experienced at playing at altitude than many of his other uh, peers that will be playing this week. Um, he's got a couple of top fives here on the track from the Sunshine Tour events that have been played here. He won at Lost City, which is the course next door at Sun City. Um, he won there in 2004. And he's he's finished 13th and 32nd here on his two attempts at the Ned Bank. And both times he's putted poorly. He's putted around about 1.95, that kind of bracket. Um, if he putts like he did last week, taking three tenths off of that average, he'll go very, very, very close. Very, very close. And I thought 125, worth, well worth taking a chance on there at that price. But they're the only two that I've backed so far. There's a few more that I'm looking at, but um, I need to um, firm that up and that'll all be in my preview, um, which will be out kind of late morning tomorrow, I expect. You think it tend, it's always in my mind a real greens and regulation festival, yeah? Yeah, it is. Um, if you look at the stats, the, the one outlier to that is Brandon Grace from last year because it was his short game and his putting that, that got, got him the victory. But those conditions were different. People were missing greens because the, the wind was up and it was a far more um, attritional test. And I think that does change the dynamics. And I think if you if you were to discard that result as being far different, and it will be far different to this week because the conditions are going to be far more like they were the years where they were getting 18, 20 under. Um, then I think you'll go back to it being a greens and regulation grind, as you said, but one way, if you're hitting greens, you can make lots of putts. The, the, the greens here are fantastic. Um, decent quality bent grass. You've just got to hit fairways, hit greens, make some putts. Sounds simple. If only golf was that simple. If only picking winners was that simple. <laughs> yeah, you just make a compelling argument and then you just bank the money. It's, yes. it's, it's such a handy... This, this golf gambling is easy. Um, you got some bombs then, not, not, not some Jaeger bombs, no, Barry? No Jaeger bombs, no. Uh, although, oh, like, Lord. look, this guy Jaeger, I think, I think there's something there, so definitely one to keep an eye on. Mm. Um, I've gone for three bombs, all right. Um, I've gone for one South African, so Darren Fickert. He was 23rd last week, 6th here last year, and he also finished 8th at the Omega Masters. So there's a bit of altitude form and course form and recent form. Um, pretty good stats across the board last week. Uh, very accurate with the, with the driver. Um, hit three quarters of his greens in regulation. Putting was 1.75 per green. Total putting was very good as well. So 100 to, I've decided to take... Uh, 100 to 1, 7 places, um, just in case he decides he doesn't want to win. But if he does win, that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, I might add a little top up on, like, the exchange or something like that to get, you know, for the, just the win part um, yeah. as well. A um, couple of others. Um, this this one has absolute torment written all over it. Uh, I'll probably be pulling my hair out going, why did I do it? Um, he was always going to let me down, but you never know because he's he's just that kind of guy that could actually do it. It's Pablo Larathabal. Yeah. He did show a little bit of form last week in, in yeah, yeah. 18th. It, go on. 18th last week. So, yeah, mm. that was enough to kind of catch my eye. And he's been 
well, if if the amount of um, posts he's been doing on Instagram kind of equals the amount of work he's been putting into his game, um, there's some green shoot signs there, and you know the the results you know show, spoke for itself last week. That's um, was enough to catch my attention. Um, he was 16th here four years ago. Um, results not so great the last couple of years, but at least he's shown that he can play on the course. And he was 16th this year at the Omega Masters. So. Um, there was definitely enough there to catch my attention. The driving wasn't amazing last week, but hopefully he's got a week under his belt and can start tidying that up. And uh, he's, he still managed to come top 20 for greens and reg last week. So 125 to 17 places. Thanks very much. Uh, mm. I'll have a little bit of that and see where we go. And last bomb is Mike Lorenzo Vera. Mm. Yeah, I've saw him at a big price. He, I also took him seven places with Paddy Power at 125 to one. I think you can get him at 140 in places. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing overly spectacular last week, but nothing dreadful either. Um, he was 37th here last year in his first time playing the course. So um, hopefully that's kind of given him that little bit of experience. Um, the thing that really kind of caught my eye was that he was third at the Omega uh, Masters this year. So mm. shows that he can handle the altitude. Um, mm. And hopefully that coupled with the one year of the course under his belt. Um, you know, I, th- I think the guy has a win in him. I really do. Um, yeah, whether I, it's, agree. I agree. Whether it's... And he's he's, a, he's a proper greens in regulation merchant, isn't he, Vera? Wow, is is If you look at a lot of the, the putting stats, he tends to be very close to the top of that. And um, I think he's just got to find that week where he does marry it all together. But I, there is a there is a winning in Barry. I, I agree. I think I think he will win um, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, we'll see if it's this week. That'd be good. There was one other who I'm I'm half debating but because he's just been in the doldrums for so long i'm just wondering does can he go and do it is martin keimer yeah he showed some decent form last week didn't he? played well last week didn't he mm. yeah and he's won at this course before he, he seems was... to be he seems to be a slightly overpriced in this world of bookmakers slashing prices i mean it's, I'm, I'm, he's 40 to one isn't he he's yeah. been, back, been backed in um, today yes um you can see why he did play well last week, and these players, you know, that clearly are classy and clearly have been classy in the past, and mm. they are well capable. You know, if, if you if you look at the lights of Abu Dhabi years ago, where he used to dominate, you know, and that was a mm. a, a track that was, you know, if if you were hitting fairways and greens, you could bring it to his his knees, but if you were missing, it could turn yeah. very very tough, you know, and yeah. he's um, he absolutely dominated there for years. Um, you know, if he can find his long game and uh, you know, really, really start to make some putts, he's, he's he's a player that you could follow for the next couple of years or so. I think. Yeah, like he's very likable guy. So be um, just just from a fan's point of view, it'd be good to see him back up there mm. at the level that we've we've seen him at previously. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll toss some coins and maybe get a half restless night deciding whether to back it or not. <laughs> um, now that I've said it, I might actually have to back it, even yeah, if uh, that's, that's yeah, that's always the uh, always yeah the yeah yeah. Maybe there's a Keimer Woodland double in there or something like that. Would it be nice. I went. I went to our European Tour predictor model and went to uh, greens in regulation and maximised it at ten. Mm. Mm. And it shouts um, one name at the top that to me seems kind of ready-made for this golf course. Lucas Berriard. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, see, now, he's, I... now he's twenty-five to one, which in this kind of field, the way the guy's been playing, I wouldn't say he's a total write-off as a price. And he's 51st at the moment in the official world golf ranking. And we know how important it is to get into that top 50. And you've already told us the story of Danny Willett from a few years ago. Mm. And it was interesting with Biergaard last week. Another top 10 finish. Uh, ninth at the British Masters. Won the Alfred Dunhill Lynx, of course. And he was second this year at Crowns. And that backed up a ninth place in Switzerland the year before. Now, his record in South Africa isn't fantastic. There's a couple of... I think there was second at a date of dimensions um, way back. And there's another top ten there. But he just seems to be a player on the rise, Lucas Biergaard. And he needs to keep generating some results to get that that um, Augusta invite hitting his doorstep uh, doormat in December I, I could see Biergaard going very well this week yep no no you can't dispute it is uh, I, I thought he was uh, he'd gone past the point of you know the top of his form but but last week he popped back so so yeah perhaps he's you know perhaps he's going to maintain it for a little bit longer he's, I don't think you can dis- disregard him I, you know I've, I've backed him a lot Lucas over the uh, the last few months and uh, Oh I know you're a fan of his aren't you I certainly haven't scrubbed him off the list it's just whether it, it, I can justify it at the price but um, yeah and I can see where you're coming from um the other one that I thought seemed to be a slight bit of juice in there especially on the basis that he played so well last week, is Alexander Bjork. Yeah. 14th last week in Turkey. So there's your top 20 in the last two apps. 28th on his HSBC World WGC um, um, appearance. And he was second at the British Masters, where he was 16th for greens in regulation. His South African form isn't too bad. Um, he just seems a talented individual to me. And uh, he's clearly hitting tons of greens right now. Yeah, yeah, he, he kind of went off the boil after his win earlier in the year, but a lot mm. of players do, don't they? And um, he, he hadn't done anything at all up until the British Masters, and he had a real chance to win that as well. He was, he wasn't far away at all. So, yeah, I, I, Steve, he's, he's on my shortlist. I'd need to make a decision as to whether he's another one that I go with or whether I plump with one of the ones at the top of the market. But um, it's. Uh, Again, it's difficult to scrub off your list. He's another one, isn't he? Just sneaking up that official world golf ranking, sixty fifth right now. Yeah, and he hasn't got a lot of experience in um, uh, South Africa, but it does, you know, because he's he's quite clearly a, a young up and comer. But seventeenth at the Alfred Dunhill on his first start in South Africa, uh, December twenty sixteen. Then seventh at the South African Open in twenty seventeen, and fifth at the Tw- Tishwani Open in twenty seventeen. Mm. Uh, played the course last year, fifty second, nothing major, but he wasn't playing nearly as well. I just there's something about Bjork that potentially might have a little bit of interest in him at that price. Yeah, and don't forget the um, the conditions last year were very different to how it will be this year as well. Um, mm. It'll be far more free scoring, and a lot of these players who are relatively inexperienced um, are going to be better at the more free scoring events. The the tougher, more grind uh, fests, they you know they tend to tends to struggle a bit more at so. Um, I wouldn't put too much credence into to his 52nd last year. Um, there's potential to improve on that massively, I think. 
Should we talk? Uh, what? My Cobra Golf Classic. Yes. Jeremy, let's get stuck into that. Um, it's the usual or it's the annual visit to Mexico, or the second visit these days, isn't it? Because clearly they played WGC there, so. Yeah. They they played this at El Camellia, I think, since two thousand and seven, and slowly, you know, it's been upgraded. I mean, they're offering a prize fund this uh, this week of seven point two million quid, or seven point two million dollars would be more accurate, Steve. But um, that's not a small prize fund, really. Um, take the RSM Classic next week; that'll be over a million pounds shorter in terms of money available. Yeah, and slowly but surely, um, it started to. Um, pull better players. So this year, I think it's the strongest field that we've seen down here at um, at uh, Player de Carmen. Uh, we've got Spieth, we've got Fowler, Finau, Woodland, Kisner, Horschel and Kuchel, all from the world top 40. So a reasonable field. Uh, I put this in my preview, just for just out of interest. These these are the prices of the winners so far in the PGA Tour this, this uh, year. 50 to 1, Tway. 22 to 1 Leishman, 10 to 1 Kepka, 66 to 1 Xander, 66 to 1 Champ, 14 to 1 Deshamba. I don't know what that tells us, but there's no triple digit winning prices there so far this season on the PGA Tour. And when you're looking at prices that have won this recently, Kizaya won this pattern last year, 70 to 1. Uh, Pat Perez won here in 2016. He hadn't won for seven years, and he won this at 125 to 1. Mm. He beat Gary Woodland and Russell Knox, and I know Scott Piercy went well that week at 33 to 1. Uh, just to be, um, Fowler was 10 to 1 second last year, and Siwoo Kimbarry 150 to 1 last year. He was in the top 50 in the world. And now, what is it, 33s we were saying earlier? Yeah, don't even mention that name to me anymore. He's dead to me. <laughs> dead. Dead. If he, if he starts with a 63 on Thursday, I'm turning WhatsApp off. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, might... I'm not, like, I don't, he can win yeah. away, he can win away at 33 to 1. Don't care. Not 2015, interested. Graham McDowell won this, 33 to 1. Uh, 2014 Charlie Hoffman at 60 to one, and then 25 to one Harris English. So we have seen since we went. This became an autumn tournament. We have seen some fairly short price winners of this. Harris English is e- interesting because he'd won at Southwind that year, and then came here off the back of a seventh in Malaysia. I think then there was 22nd or something in uh, at the McGladry, and then went and won this at 25 to one. Now, World Golf Rankings, he was 68th, Hoffman was 90th, McDowell was 82nd, and then the last two have gone a bit skew with. 271st Pat Perez, but remember with Perez, he came off a 7th place finish the week before at TPC Summerlin. And Patton Kazaya came off a 4th place finish at TPC Summerlin the week before and won this... A very juicy looking back, seventy to one. Mm. Um, it's a Greg Norman design. It's a very short golf course. We're looking at seven thousand yards, which for a par seventy one 
uh, is not long at all. Bearing in mind, though, it is at sea level, so it adds a little bit of length. But what you find here is scoring is dictated by wind, and it looks very calm this week, and we've got the typical um, rainy conditions, and then, of course, 30 to 32 degree temperatures, so the ball flies a hell of a long way. Um, if I said to you guys, Kazaya, Perez, GMAC, Charlie Hoffman, Harris English, does that really shout any kind of prerequisite kind of player in your minds? Keep it tidy, hit lots of greens. Not over. They're not over bombers either, are they? Really? No, no, no. no and uh, you know, if, if that kind of marries up to the, uh, to the length of the course, that makes a level of sense. I mean, on their day, each one of those guys can putt well as well. Streaky, yeah. aren't they? They're yeah. all streaky. Yeah, Pat, Pat Perez in particular is one of those players. You know, you, you can get him on a thirty under resort course, and um, he can go and win that kind of track, can't he? What kind of winning scores are you talking about here, Steve? Kazai was 19 under, Pat Perez was 21 under, mm. that matched the um, the tournament record of Harris English, and Graham McDowell was 18 under in 2015, Charlie Offman 17 under. So effectively, it's resort-level scoring. Yeah, it's all again. consistent, isn't it? Now, I'll look at the forecast at the crackers in the morning again, but I'm not going to... Even when it's pretty windy here, it isn't the cold wind that really destroys scores. It's that kind of wind. And it's always a predominant wet, um, easterly here, which the course is designed around. So I don't see wind being a huge factor here. But you do get soft conditions here. So receptive conditions, um, not a lot of roll on the fairways. And as we know, a lot of players do like a little bit of cut in the, in the fairways. And they tend to go well. They are very wide fairways here. I couldn't give you a number because it's not um, you don't get to see that on these foreign climbs. But just looking at the driving accuracy stats, even those that are quite wayward can still hit 65-70% of, um, of, of fairways. God, they're runways. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty wide. And, and the other, as we just said, or just as I said, it tends to be soft here. So you don't get a lot of roll. Yeah, so effectively yeah. they're even wider. They're pretty much plugging as they hit the as they, as they hit the short grass. Yeah, yeah, you're getting five yards of run maximum. So yeah, that that really opens the um the the opens the way to some people that are a little bit wider off the tee. Paspulum greens this week as well. If we're looking at Greg Norman designs on the PGA Tour. Um, you can look at TPC San Antonio, which hosts the Valero Texas Open, of course. And you can also look uh, on the European Tour at the Earth Course, which, which is the DP World Tour Championship, which obviously being played next week. Now, so hot form in here. I mean, it's difficult to say, isn't it? I think Bryson DeChambeau, I don't know what you guys think. I just think he's a bit of an enigma. Paul said to me this morning, one of the first things he said to me um, was Bryson DeChambeau will be a Masters winner once he gets to know the golf course. Yeah. And you can see that, can't you? Because he's got the perfect game. He's long, he's straight, and he hits greens in regulation for fun. There's a lot of people piling into him for next year, and I think he needs, I think he needs the experience. But um, I think he'd love to work out the dimensions of... Uh, of Augusta, I think that'd be a real challenge to him to, uh, to to get his head around that. And with his scientific background, 
he's already played there once or twice, and he featured kind of semi-featured on his debut, didn't he? Mm. He's interesting, but yeah, he's a bit of an enigma. He's the kind of bloke that breaks trends, and that's what he did last week. I'm not so sure Ricky Fowler does break trends, and at nine to one, I, I can't get involved with that. Um, I think Jordan Spieth again. He's got a new driver in the bag and new fairway um, clubs from what I read yesterday. And I think he was like a hundred and... He was something crazy um, in terms of his driving accuracy last week. He was in the bottom five across the 132-man field. Mm. Now, you can have all the ability in the world, but you know if you're, if you're 126th in the field out of 132 for driving accuracy, and we know for speed, if, if he's got confidence off the tee, he tends to be a lot more prominent. That doesn't shout to me. Back him, um, Tony Fien out fourteen to one. You know the modern day Matt Kuchar. One win. Interestingly enough, that win was on Passbillen, wasn't it, at Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico? Mm-hmm. And then we're out to the likes of Gary Woodland at twenty to one. What do you think, Barry? At Gary at twenty. I know it isn't your style to back shorties, but if you were going after one of the, the short prices. Is Gary one that would tempt you? Because he, he clearly finished like a train last week, uh, 63 in the final round, which was only beaten by Sam Ryder, shot a 62. Yeah, I mean, he's the longest of the shorties, so that makes it more appealing, uh, try, trying to catch uh, some sort of value. I would have no interest in Ricky, Jordan or Tony at those prices. Um, like. Rick, Ricky and Tony just don't have that winning pedigree. Um, but, to, you know, Tony more so. Um, if you like locking down in each way at <laughs> 12 to 1, then I suppose Tony's your man. Like um, Gary Gary is interesting at 20s. Um, I think I'm going to have to put on that Woodland Keimer double. Now you've said it, Barry, yeah. Oh, stop! Like, I mean, if you don't, if you say these things, can you imagine saying that and then it doubles you? If you land one a year, you're doing amazing. <laughs> so um, I always thought this. I always thought Summerlin was just a little bit tight for Gary, and we know he's a bomber. And I said to you, any kind of game can win around the Shriners, but I don't know. He's playing a lot of golf as well, Gary, isn't he? He's had a very, very busy autumn schedule. Um, but he's kept his form, though, isn't he? He's, he has kept his yeah. form, and he and he did his he did his standard thing last week. He hit tons of greens in regulation. He was twenty seventh for greens in regulation, and the putting is undoubtedly better these days. He was twentieth out of the field of one hundred and thirty two for putts per GIR. He just had a very slow start, didn't he? And then he he finished. He, you know, it was your typical backdoor top ten that these elite players pull together. Yeah. Don't know. It's interesting. And we know with Gary, he absolutely loves soft golf courses. It's where we, I almost scored with him at the CJ Cup, didn't I, in Korea? Yeah. On a soft golf course, he flourishes on soft golf courses. And the thing is, he's been. We've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks. From uh, he's been doing all the right things. He's you know got Pete Cowan for short game. He's got a, a head coach in for his for the mental side of things. You know, he seems to be putting all the right things in place to go and get his game up a level. The performances are like phenomenal for the last while. His last five outings, 12th, 11th, 5th, 2nd, 10th. 
it's just if if he doesn't win, then he'll fall off a cliff because he you know the, if he's relying on it getting a win, you know psychologically it's difficult to keep that going, and you're not getting the win. The result that you want is the win. So, um, but like this this week, it's uh, you know the field isn't that strong. He can it could be the week. It's uh, you might be talking me into it, Steve. Just an outright bet. Oh, I'm not talking anyone into it. I'm just kind of, <laughs> I was told when I put him up at twenty-two to one a few weeks ago that it was an abhorrent price, and you should be a dis- you know you're disgraceful putting up Gary Woodland at such poor value. So that was twenty-two to one. He's twenty to one this week. Yeah, but it's not I might poor- get someone knocking on the front door if I put him up at that price. <sighs> but like, I mean, how poor value is it if he wins? Yeah, it sucks that you didn't get him at thirty-threes oh, yeah, 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 or forties. Yeah, you know, yeah, what- this is it. Values in the high of the beholder. The one above him does get my attention, and that is Aaron Wise. And I know there are many shrewd golf judges who are sweet on Aaron Wise. And if you think about what he did this year, he won his first PGA Tour event, didn't he? Uh, he won it at the new um, Trinity Forest golf course. Now, that's that creation that they pulled together outside of Dallas, Texas. Wide open. Wide fairways. Yeah. Stick with me. I'm trying to remember. 23 under he won that at. Wide fairways. And the thing when you look at Wise and you just look at the way he plays, he's a ball striker, yeah? And I do love ball strikers at this golf course. He hasn't got any of the course form that I'd want to see. I'd I'd always like to see sort of a top 10 at Torrey Pines because that's one thing that Kaziah's got, Perez has got. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, uh, even Harris English has finished runner-up at Torrey Pines, but Wise hasn't. But then he's he's a young lad; he hasn't played a lot of golf. But we know that this guy is crazily talented. Yeah. Um, if you look at his numbers so far this um, this year, he's seventh um, seventh in the very early ball striking numbers this season. He was nineteenth for the whole of last year. And he's also a ferocious putter. He was third in the field last week for putts per GIR. And that was on the basis that he hadn't played since the Tour Championship. I don't know, 25 to 1 just seems... I don't know, just about potentially backable for a guy that you know shoots 23 under. That's the kind of scoring that he likes. Hmm. And he's a fantastic, formidable putter. So, I'm tempted on Aaron Wise. He's 52nd in the world. Now, he has got a Tour Championship appearance in his back pocket, which gets him into Augusta. Whether, you know... I think with these youngsters, with these precocious talents, they just they just want to win, don't they? I don't think even numbers or rankings really step to the mark. They just want to win tournaments. So, I could see Wise potentially going very, very well. I know yeah. that um, Steve Palmer put him up last week at twenty-eight to one, didn't he? And he didn't have that pre, you know, that that start that we were looking for. That Deshambo didn't have either. But you know, Deshambo is a winning machine. We're getting our heads around that. I just think Wise fifteenth last week, and he shot 67, 65, 65 to finish. So, um, you know, a very strong finish from um, Aaron Wise. 
I guess it's just his, um, his course form that's a bit iffy, isn't it, coming into this? Well, like, to be fair, looking at some he was of the... A, he was a PGA Tour rookie last year, wasn't he? Yeah, and looking at some of the other players who've won this, they're not exactly coming off sparkling sparkling course form, but I'm seeing 55th missed cut for the two times that he's played it. But, uh, you know, as you say, he's, he's a cut above where he was when, when recording those uh, efforts. So, yeah. I think he's a cut above in general. I think, uh, you know, a lot of shrewd judges out there think that he's going to be one hell of a player. Mm. Um, and you look at Kaziah, he he won here last year. He had one appearance here and he finished 58th. Yeah. GMAC, one appearance, 63rd. Yeah, I know that he, he's more of a coastal kind of guy. You can see that. Charlie Hoffman, he hadn't done anything better than 31st here. I don't... It's, I think these kind of golf courses at these kind of times, it isn't so often course form. It's just players that are in half-decent nick. Yeah. And like Barry said, they're not the strongest of fields. No, I can see it. So, so he, he's one that interests me. Um, if you look at guys that played particularly well last week, or just about, um, I hate tipping Koreans. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, we hate tipping Koreans, don't we? Can't join. Well, it depends boys. if they win. Join, join in. <laughs> it depends if they win, Stu. Do they tend to? When we tip them? I think if you're trying to um, pick the bones out of form and course form um, for some of these uh, some some of the some of the South Korean guys, um, pick, trying to marry that up with a week they'll go well isn't particularly the, the, the right thing to do because often they won't. But then often when they win it's coming off a, you know, a, a a particularly poor run of form and they, they can get the job done at uh, some, some really big prices. And they tend to be overpriced. They, you know, the, the bookies tend to you know, underprice the, um, the, the name players that you recognise and a lot of these other guys um, will almost get lost in, the, uh, lost in the noise. So if you can pick, pick the right one at the right point in time, then you know, away you go. The web.com visited two um, seaside tracks at the start of the year. Uh, both in the Bahamas, both on Paspulum Greens. Uh, the first course, the Sandals Emron Bay Golf Course, is a Greg Norman design. That was won by Sung J Im, 13 under. And then he went the next week to uh, the great Abaco Classic, again on Paspulum Greens, and finished second runner-up. Yep. Uh, he shot last week another couple of rounds of 65 yeah he started slowly last week didn't he and then pulled it back did. 65 in round 2 65 in round 4 which was 5th best in the field um, if I could see some 66's about him I'd be tempted it looks like we might be getting some with Unibet he's the only player off backed on that market this morning Steve is uh, Sung Jam. Mm. Oh, that puts me off after Jagerbomb last week. <laughs> I always agree with your tips, Paul, and then they're fucking useless in general when it comes to the PJ Tour. Just a bit like my own. I'm not, I'm not suggesting mine are any better. <laughs> Believe me. Some red herrings in next time. But yeah, Sung Jim, yeah. Yeah, I think you know, a lot of people were on him at the CJ Cup, weren't they? Because they're expecting him to go well in his homeland, and you know, I think the pressure was a bit too big for him. But you know, you look at his, the. the Fourth at the Safeway, that's decent enough, isn't it? Fifteenth last week, and that'd have been far better if you'd have um, if it had put a decent first round in. 
And you say you've got the links going back to the uh, the tracks that you performed well on the on the challenge tour last year. I think he's worth taking a chance on personally. I do at that price. Hmm. He's also in that kind of. I know this sounds ridiculous when the last two winners were 200 and some odd. But if you go back to that original trend of someone in those 70 to 90 area, he's 94th in the official world golf rankings, which mm. for a player of his quality who's only just setting off you know, on the PJ Tour, it shows you what we're dealing with. Yeah. He was third last week, Paul, for greens in regulation. Yeah, I saw that. 86.1, wasn't it? Mm. Very good. He was also... Uh, he was also very, very strong in terms of his tee to green game. I think he was in the top six last week. So all we need is the putter to click, and he clearly likes pass Billum. That's that's blatantly obvious, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's one of these players that has got a, an imminent win in him. He's he's capable of stepping up to the PGA Tour level and uh, and producing the goods. Wouldn't surprise me one iota if he won this week. There's also one player that, if you, if we follow the model, gentlemen, of someone in the top ten that plays very well at the Shriners, that then goes on to win this week, um, I was very, very surprised to see this player at triple digits. Now, Robert Streb, the you know Streber, we know he's a PGA Tour winner. He won that on the coast at Sea Island. And he won that the week after he'd finished in the top 10 at TP Summerlin, TPC Summerlin. Now, last week, he shot an opening round 65. That followed up an opening round 67 at the Sanderson Farms, which was good enough for third in the field. Last week, 65 was good for third in the opening round. He just hung around, didn't he? Finished fourth the whole, yeah? yeah? yeah. Hit tons of greens, putted quite nicely. Um, and I'm seeing results at Torrey Pines. I'm seeing uh, he finished in the top 10 at the PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Um, so he can go well on the coast. And I just thought 125 to 1 for a player that's just finished fourth at TPC Summerlin, when we're looking at what we've seen in the last two renewals, makes a lot of sense. He's 66 to 1 with Paddy Power, who again have gone eight places each way this week. Well done, Paddy Power. But I'm seeing 125 to 1 with Coral, seven places each way of 50 odds. So Siwoo Kim was 80 to 1 last week, finished 15th and had a 9, and he's now 33 to 1. Mm-hmm. Robert Streb finished 4th, and he's 125 to 1. 125 to 1. Mm-hmm. We know that he's won on PGA Tour, we, won't, we know that he won by the sea, and he's got a decent seaside form. And actually, if you look at his numbers for this at the moment, he fits the bill for me because there's two numbers I do like for this. One is ball striking, as I've already said, and one people that we concurrently who are put, making some nice mid-range, uh, some short to 15 feet putts, five to 15 feet, and he ranks 36 so far this year in terms of uh, putting from five to 15, and he's 42nd for ball striking. I've got. I, I, he's definitely. I've, I'll be back in. I've already backed him, and uh, he's in the preview tomorrow. Yeah. I think 125 to one is a very, very good price. And in this day and age, I don't think that's a bad price in the slightest on Robert Streb. He's a streaky sort as well from memory, isn't he? When he gets finds it. Do you remember yeah. that period when he got into the top 50 in the world? He finished fifth at the WGC Bridgestone, and then he finished in the top 10 there at the PJ Championship. He's one that holds form. 
feels a little bit like Billy Horschel in that respect. You know, a little bit of a, it seems to be like a fire of the character there. Gets really hot for a while and then just that just loses it. Um, but like yeah, so many, he was, like was, so many do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, watching him last night, he uh, he was hitting the ball really nicely. And you look, it's only what ten weeks since he won on the uh, the web dot com. It's, mm-hmm. it's not long ago, is it? Just you know, for strokes gained fanatics, and we know that there's um, hundreds and thousands of you out there. He was tenth for strokes gained approach last week, second for strokes gained around the green, and he was fifth overall for strokes gained tee to green. If I look at um, Pat Perez two years ago, he was sixth for strokes gained tee to green at Summerling. So it, it kind of links. Uh, Pat and Kazai last year was fifth for strokes gained approach and ninth for strokes gained putting the week before he won. So yeah, so Robert Streb, I think of the guys that we saw in contention last week, his price jumps out at you. Mm. What Barry, what do you think to this Sam Ryder chap? Um, great shoes. Shoes are he, fantastic. Yeah, they're, he, they're, he looks like the kind of guys I was meeting on Saturday night when I was out with the missus out over in Essex. You know, no socks and all these <laughs> short jeans and that. Yeah. I, I actually thought I'd, I was back in Essex watching um, him last night. Uh, he he uh, he can play. He can play, he, can't he? He really can. Um, yeah, I mean, it does I thought I was really impressed with what he did at sixteen and seventeen, making those clutch putts. You know. The, the, the wheels could have easily fallen off there and he could have thrown in a double and a, and a bogey. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he stood up and, and, and put the, you know, sent the putts home and then 18 was, was beautiful as well. So uh, he, He's on my short list, yet to be confirmed. He'll, I, he'll be I buzzing. don't know why. CT Pan just keeps bugging me to back him at some point. He finished second at Torrey Pines, and he was in the top six at uh, the RBC Heritage this uh, this year after 54 holes, Pan. And I just think a little short course like this, a little bit like the Wyndham where he finished second to Snedeker. I could kind of see that. Mm. They're the ones that I'm really interested in, and I'm, and I'm still toying at the top whether just to say... Ollocks to it and go with Woodland and Wise and just chuck Streb in there and be done with three. But Sam Ryder, he's some player, that guy. You know, since the since a, um, a six or seven outings ago, his record is just. But, you know, he's, he's into 50 to 1 these days. Yeah. Justifiably, I think. Mm. It's interesting with Ryder, last season he was number one on the whole tour yeah, for ball striking. I mean, that's pretty good going, yeah? Number one on, on the PGA Tour for ball striking. And then this year, it's this season, it's all gone completely the other way. And his ball striking isn't that great. But like you said, Barry, his putting is unbelievable right now. Unbelievable for Must be what he's right focused there. on, isn't it? Must have spent some, some serious time getting that part of his game up to scratch. Third at the Shriners, fourth at the Safeway, seventh at the Barbasol, second at the John Deere Classic. Oh, fifth at the Houston Open as well. So you think about that. Houston, John Deere Classic, Barbasol, 
and last week's Shriners Open. Four of those five events are all resort low scoring. What about you, Barry? I know we know that Paul's in on him. Yeah, um, I've stuck with I uh, Ryan Moore. Oh, you're addicted to that man, aren't you? I am. I know it's just with my curse. Uh, look, just does. Um, he actually. Th- this is the annoying thing with him. He actually threw in two really good rounds last week, and then the other two were garbage. Yeah, so that's 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 like not what to not bring into this week. So um, <laughs> he's he finished sixth here last year. He had a second there five weeks ago, and you know he's. I'd rather a guy who's showing a bit of form with a couple of really good rounds and a couple of bad ones. It's easy to clean the bogeys from your card, um, or much easier to do that than it is to add birdies to your card. So um, I like that. You know, see a couple of low round, rounds. That's good. Um, clean it up. Soft course, um, you know, more, more, more always seems to do very well at these uh, target hitting uh, kind of uh, events yeah. where where you can just fire darts at the greens. So um, if he's made a few birdies there last week, forty to one, um, I've gone and I've gone and added him in. He is the sort. It's just whether the putter connects for seventy-two holes, isn't it, with more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, so. he is the sort. He does like a soft golf course. Yeah, not, not particularly long, but he's, he can be very accurate and very uh, high greens of regulation, can't he? When he's on his game. I haven't got my head around Bo Hosler. I think I'm like a lot of other people. He, he seems to have all the tools for the job. His stats are always superb. And then last week, every time he was stood in front of a six-footer, which I thought he was going to make a birdie or an eagle on, he missed it. I, um, I can't... So I it, can't... It, it, I can't work him out at all. But I can't back somebody in the uh, who's in their twenties but looks like he's in his sixties. <laughs> it's just it just feels so it just feels it so feels strange. Bad, it? Yeah, it's 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 just kinda of confusing. Just um, out of principle. I thought yeah, exactly. Paul might I thought Paul might mention Luke List. There's a little bit of forty to one about Luke List, but again he's never won, has he? <sighs> No, I, I've not looked at the uh, your event in too much detail. I must say, but uh, I like I, I like I like the Streb pick. I must say, I do like the Streb pick. And as I say, Sung J M is the only only one that really caught my eye at the price. But what did you get for him first thing today? Him, I'm sixties. I've got, but there's there is sixty six out there now. It's uh, it's a smidgen. Yeah, I think I think he'll settle around about fifty to one. So uh, that's uh, there's some nice early prices out there right now for him. And I might have to have a couple of quid on Dominic Bazelli as well, seeing as we uh, said him the double Z. Yeah, right at the top of the show, it'd be um, it'd be churlish not to. I think we have to be careful. We don't name the entire field some week because <laughs> <laughs> we'll just back everybody. Yeah. So you're not going for Jose de Rodriguez this week, Barry? Oh my God! I, I might, Jose, I might, sorry, Jose de Jesus Rodriguez. De Jesus Rodriguez, yeah? what? Like great name. Um, you know, if names won your golf tournaments, he's you know just given the trophy already. I'll have I'll have I'll have a look at how many Z's are in the event this week and uh, and see can I figure out a pattern. Um, I often look at the sky and ask God for a favour, but recently it just hasn't been coming. Okay, let's not let's let's not go down the religious route here, Steve. 
it just isn't coming right now. So we'll see. We will see. One week to go, chaps. One week to go. Yeah, there's only one week for the listeners to put up with us before 2019. We've got the DP World Tour Champion. Have you seen anything to suggest that um, any of the the two Americans that are high up in the rankings will be playing? No, no. We're going to have to wait until the back end. I hope they do, because that's going to add so much intrigue and spice to that. Yeah, it would be a real shame if they don't, I must say. But uh, we will have to wait and see, I think. I could really... um, I I do think that... um, if we do see Zando over here, I think A, he'll go very well and it would just be fantastic to see two top line Americans um, playing in the DP World Tour oh. Championship with the with the cream of the European Tour. It would be a fantastic field. You know, you look at that relative to, mm. to some previous years for the DP World Tour Championship, it's it'll be absolutely mm. outstanding field. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the to the end of the season. Um, it has been a long, hard season as we've uh, as we've been saying increasingly over the last few weeks. No, 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 let's go into this positively. We're going to win something this week <laughs> and we're going to win next week and finish like absolute trains on fire. Going to pay for Christmas. Absolutely, that's it. Mm. I agree. Two chances to get that elusive winner yeah. at the end of the year. That's what we want. Right, thank you for uh, your time, gentlemen. As ever, much appreciated. Uh, And of course, thank you for listening and uh, we will be back again next week for the final 2018 Golf Betting System podcast. Thank you for your time and see you again next week. Bye-bye.